Love telling you about my friends at Steel, S-T-I-H-L, steeldealers.com, where you will find all of their great equipment. Your backyard should be an oasis, not a challenge. From gas-powered blowers, chainsaws, and more to take on almost any outdoor task, they also have high-performance pressure washers built to tackle your toughest cleaning jobs. You're looking to fix that garage and make it all clean and spiffy? Go get one of their high-performance pressure washers. Steel has a wide range of outdoor power equipment for all levels to get the job done. You can shop online and pick up uh, any order at over 10,000 local steel dealers. Again, it's steel, S-T-I-H-L. Go to steeldealers.com. You'll be like a kid in a candy store looking at all their stuff. Steeldealers.com. Best way to start a day is with a nice cup of coffee. No better cup of coffee in our region than Boyer's. They've been brewing great coffee since 1965. They're environmentally conscious. They are a local group that has made good for more than 50 years. And uh, they're also the proud coffee partner of the Colorado Rockies. Hometown roasted Boyer's Coffee. Uh, and they have been with the Rockies for a number of years. I'll tell you what, I get it delivered to my house, boyerscoffee.com. That's where I go. And you have it delivered right to your door. All kinds of great flavors. They have other pl- products uh, on there as well. So go to their website, make it easy on yourself. Or if you want, you're going to the local market, you can get Boyer's Coffee uh, at your local market as well. They roast coffee at Elevation, which gives Boyer's Coffee a special advantage where they're able to roast coffee uh, at a lower temperature so it makes the coffee smoother than any other coffee you'll get at lower altitudes it's boyerscoffee.com boyerscoffee.com this week on the drew goodman podcast rocky's vice president of international scouting and development rolando fernandez gets you up to speed on some exciting young rockies of the future we have a group of young 17 year old kids that they have power arms they throw strikes uh, they have a few for the all-speed pitches. I'm excited about the arms that we have, and I think we have some impact coming. And Drew has some thoughts on the 2-0 Bronco, the CSU Rams, and CU. Subscribe to the Drew Goodman Podcast wherever you find podcasts. Leave a comment and tell a friend. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast. Welcome in, everybody. Glad you're along, as always, on podcast number one. 15. Tell your friends and uh, tell your enemies, too, so uh, they can find out more about uh, the Rockies and everything going on this time of year. We talk football as well uh, during the autumn, naturally. Rockies just completed a road trip as we tape this on a Wednesday morning. They're in the midst of uh, a home series against the Dodgers. I'll get to that in a moment. Good home, good road trip, man. Seven and two. They had the one game rained out in Atlanta. You think about it, and, and the Rockies had six wins like the first two and a half months of the season or something ridiculous like that out on the road, and then they go and win seven games. And two of the three teams they're playing are, are trying to make the postseason desperately, Philadelphia and Atlanta. So the Rockies are making strides late in the season. Uh, that was good to see. They're scoring runs, man. They scored just under five runs a game out on that road trip, and that included getting shut out in their last game on Sunday in D.C. Uh, the at-bats are better. Uh, they're hitting the long ball. You know what was weird for me? The Rockies were one of the poorest power-hitting teams in baseball, really through much of the first half. 
picked it up, uh, you know, late June, beginning of July. And now in the second half, they're actually one of the better power hitting teams. In fact, the jump they've made in home runs per game, the increase, is one of the largest increases from first half to second half in the history of baseball. It's crazy. All of a sudden, they're hitting the ball over the wall. And I think you have to be careful anytime you look at things in a small snippet and say, oh man, you know what, that problem solved because look, over the last two or three weeks, um, this team was really good in this situation or this team has cured all their ills because the last three or four weeks they've done X, which they weren't doing before. You have to be very cautious when you look at a hot streak or a good period, even if it's not a quote-unquote hot streak, and say, all right, that problem's cured. I do think, though, that you can look at the body of work for the Rockies and clearly say even the most ardent detractor of the Rockies would have to say this is a better club and in certain areas a much better club than what you were witnessing in April and May. There's no question from an individual standpoint, Elias Diaz uh, is, is a different player. And now you can look at him legitimately. And again, not just, oh, he's been hot for a few weeks. I mean, this has been four months. And you can, you can see by his at-bats uh, how he understands the, the strike zone. He'll take his walks. And if you make a mistake, he'll punish you. And you say, you know what? Elias Diaz can be the first legitimate starting catcher for the Rockies in a while. And that's not a backhanded shot at Tony Walters. When I say legitimate, I mean a guy that you're going to get production from offensively and also uh, you know, strong defense from. He can really throw one of the strongest catching arms uh, in baseball. So that's clearly, you know, a big development. Brendan Rodgers, we've talked a lot about big development. I mean, you didn't know what you had at the start of the year. What you'd seen in the past in 2019 uh, for a guy that uh, was a top prospect because of his bat in large measure, measure he didn't hit. But now, as, as this season winds down, you say, you know, Brendan Rodgers is, is going to be a guy. I mean, he's already a tough out. So they're better uh, in those two individual positions, which has made them better uh, overall. We like the rotation. You have to augment that. There have been some bullpen arms that have pitched much better over the last four to six weeks. Tyler Kinley uh, being one of those guys. Lucas Gilbert, the young guy who's a local guy, Legacy High School, he has emerged. Now, can you say, oh, we don't have to fix the bullpen at all because Kenley's had a good four or five weeks and Gilbreth has looked pretty good over the last four or five weeks? No, I don't think that that would be what I set up a, a few moments ago, just saying, oh, nice little period. We're fine there. You need additional depth and talent in the bullpen moving forward. And you also need to um, augment the offense with a couple of bats. We're going to get to that down the road. But I thought that road trip was indicative of what I've been saying. That is the Rockies continue to get better. And, you know, they have some pieces in play. They need several more to take another large step forward going to 2022 and become a contender. 
These games now, I'll move to the, the Dodgers series. These games this week with the Dodgers and Giants um, are big fun for, for a baseball fan. I pull hard, obviously, for the Rockies. I work for the Rockies. I, I, I work for the, the entity that broadcasts the Rockies, right? And I'm excited to go to the ballpark every night because I know that, that the Rockies are playing well. They play particularly well at home, though as this taping after the 5-4 loss to the Dodgers last night, they've lost five in a row at home. But um, they're going to be high-intensity games because the Dodgers and Giants are in a dogfight to win the division. And so that's fun. And Tuesday night was a great ball game. Antonio Sensatella has been their most consistent starting pitcher the last month and a half. And he was lights out for four innings. Julio Urias matched him. And then the Rockies got a couple of runs. The Dodgers got a couple, then went ahead 4-2. to two. The Rockies put a rally together. It's 4-4, four, four, was on the bullpens. And you know what? Uh, until the 10th inning, the Rockies' bullpen matched the vaunted Dodger bullpen. And the Dodgers were able to scratch out a run. It was Albert Pujols, one of their... Think about this, man. Albert Pujols got the base hit. He's one of three Dodgers... That is a slam dunk first team, or excuse me, first ballot Hall of Famer. Scherzer, who's going to throw on Thursday, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Clayton Kershaw, who will not throw in this series, he threw on Sunday, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Albert Pujols, obviously, first ballot Hall of Famer. This is an embarrassment of riches for for the Dodgers. And it's not just all about money. We were talking about this on the AT&T broadcast the other day. They've made a lot of shrewd moves. The Max Muncy deal, the Chris Taylor deal. They draft well. Will Smith, 32nd pick in the first round out of Louisville. Uh, maybe, as we speak, the best two-way catcher in baseball. If not, he's on a very short list. Um, so they, they make a lot of good moves, not just about, okay, well, they can dole out the most money of anyone in baseball, and that's why they can go you know sign a Mookie Betts after trading for him. Yeah, they have great financial resources, but they do a lot of things right um, in their personnel decisions. And um, that was a great ballgame Tuesday night. Fun, intense, well played. Rockies were, you know, were there step for step, and, and the Dodgers... Um, are a better club. We know that. Um, and, and they do enough to win a lot of tight games. We'll see how the rest of the series plays out. Again, as we tape this, uh, it'll be a good matchup tonight. Herman Marcus on the mound for the Rockies and uh, and Walker Bueller. We'll see how that one uh, turns out. And then Kyle Freeland and Max Scherzer on Thursday. And then Giants uh, rolled town. So it's big fun um, watching these high-intensity games the difference you'd like to have, because I hate the friggin' world spoiler. Oh, the Rockies could be a spoiler and, and, and you know, upset the apple cart for either the, the Giants or the Dodgers. Great. Um, you'd much, much, much rather, obviously, be one of those teams that's contending, that's fighting for a playoff spot or solidifying a playoff spot and the high-intensity games are because both teams are headed uh, to the playoffs. That's not the case, but... You, you get what you get right now, and uh, and that is good baseball from the Rockies against a team that uh, I still think you know has uh, is the team to beat in the postseason and defend their uh, World Series title. By the way, it's been 
Uh, it's been like two decades since we've had back-to-back World Series champions. We'll see if uh, that changes with the Dodgers. That roster, though, once again, that L.A. presents is ridiculous. Ridiculous. We're going to talk some football um, on the other side, but I have a special guest uh, for you today. And uh, some of the uh, more hardcore Rockies fans and followers will know this name. Others may not. You know in baseball that you acquire talent through the North American draft that that covers United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico. You are eligible if you are a high school graduate or you're in junior college or after your third year of a four-year university or your 21st birthday. The rest of the players that populate professional baseball, um, most of the rest of the come from Latin America, and they're signed as free agents. They're street free agents. And heading up that operation, really globally, uh, for the Rockies is Rolando Fernandez, who has been with the club since its inception. Initially, he was a coach in the minor leagues, um, and he has risen uh, through hard work and, and great baseball-wide respect to the title of Vice President of International Scouting and Development. And he's, he has signed a number of guys, you know, from Ubaldo Jimenez to Jolie Chassin and, and uh, a group of young, talented guys currently that we're going to go over with him and talk about the process for um, young men from Latin America. And uh, I think you're going to find it informative. I think you're going to find it fascinating to hear um, about that process, and also about some of the young players the Rockies have coming. So it's our Ideal Home Loans Interview of the Week. Rolando Fernandez, the Rockies Vice President of International Scouting and Development. You know, it's amazing. We talk so much about the draft and about what takes place in North America. And you know I talk a lot about what takes place also in Latin America. More than 25% of the game, the kids in the game, are from Latin America. Take us through the process when you see a young player and and how long it takes maybe to sign him and the competition. Well, as you well know, different than the draft is a free agent market. So we start early. You know, uh, in the international market, you sign him at the age of 16. But we start evaluating them at around 14 years old. So we have... Just like in the States, we have scouts everywhere where we do our coverage. Uh, we identify the players that we want to sign, and we follow them for a period of time that we need to, to make that decision whether we want to sign him or not. We talk about when a kid gets drafted at 18, if he's a high school kid, you're projecting. You're trying to say, hey, what will the body look like? What will the skill set look like when he's 23, 24? You're talking about... 14-year-olds, and then when you can sign them, they're 16. That's two more years of projection. That's crazy. Yeah, and what you do, you learn to adjust your eyes, and you learn to dream a little bit more. But at the end of the day, you look for the same things. You look for tools, you look for skills, and the ability to play the baseball. And then the the tricky part is really the body. You don't really know at that age how the body is going to develop. Going back, this is just interesting for me. In all your years of scouting and running Latin American operations, 
who's the best young Latin player you saw at 16? He may not have panned out, but who's the best? That, that is hard because I've seen a lot of good ones. Um, guys that I didn't sign, uh, Felix Hernandez comes to mind. I saw him when he was 15 years old. How hard did he throw? He was just uh, 90 tops. But he was, uh, you know, the same Felix Hernandez that you remember in the big leagues. He was like that at 15. He had presence. Then. Right. He had a presence. He threw strikes. Uh, good, good curveball. Didn't throw a change up then. We tried. I thought at one point we were going to sign him. We, we were close, but we didn't get him signed. Yeah. So that's one that comes to mind at the pitching side. Um, I, you know, Soto, Juan Soto. That's somebody that's really playing the big leagues right now at a young age and very talented. Yeah, but you and I talked about Juan Soto before, and, and one of the great things about Juan Soto, obviously, is he, he has such a great command of the strike zone, and if it's in the strike zone, he puts the barrel on it. But when you see him, you're, you're not going to see it. He wasn't like a great athlete, wasn't a great runner. So how do you assess his abilities? Yeah, at, at that time, what I recall is that he was a good hitter. He was a land right hitter. Uh, didn't have, he didn't show power then. And uh, he wasn't a good runner, but he was a good baseball athlete. Now, what people always question and wonder was about power because, you know, he wasn't a runner, so you had to profile him in the corners. So people always question, is he going to hit some home runs? Obviously, you know, now he's bigger, stronger, and he's hitting for average and power. But he wasn't, correct me if I'm wrong, he wasn't one of these guys that, that signed for seven figures down in Latin America. Correct. You know, he, he, he signed for a good signing bonus, but there were a lot of players that got a lot more money and signed earlier that everybody thought that they were going to have be the, be the solo. And they had more power than him. So it, it's nice to see him doing what he's doing. But, you know, when you think about Soto, when I think about Soto, I think about he was a hitter. He, was, he had the ability to hit. Rolando, when you see a kid or one of your scouts tells you about a kid and then you go see him and you say, boy, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this guy, what's the next step? Because they have what is known as Biscones, agents, that, that you have to deal with. And, and you don't know where the competition is coming from, do you? No, we don't know. We know. They, they, they can tell you whatever they want to tell you. They can tell you they have five teams interested and they can tell you it's such amount. And uh, at the end of the day, you got to do your homework. you got to trust your scouts, you got to trust what you see, and you got to do your homework. You know, you got to kind of keep tap on what other organizations are spending and signing, and then that gives you an idea. Some teams already spend their money, so you kind of get a feel of who really is on the player and how much money they have left in their budget, Um, and then you kind of gauge it that way. But at the end of the day, you don't really know. I think the relationship that you have with the the agents is extremely important, and also the, the, the how long that you follow that player. Are you ready to to make that commitment for that amount at that stage? Sometimes you are not. Sometimes are ahead of you in the process. Or, and it happens to all ourselves too. Sometimes we are ahead of the process. So if the player is going to cost some money and we have been following him for six months and the other team has interest and they've been following him for two weeks, so we have an advantage over that club. Sure. So it is a free agent market. Uh, you have to stay ahead of the game. You have to be scouting every day, and if you're in the right place at the right time, you, you can hit on a good player, but you cannot be in all places that are, you know, they're at the same time. So the free, agent, the free agency makes it challenging, but also interesting because you can sign a player every time you're out there. 
And, and a lot of people may not realize this. It, it's not just, well, the Yankees or the Dodgers here in the States. They can outspend teams. There's a pool, of international pool of money that makes the, the playing field level. Right. Right now, I would say for the last uh, eight years probably, it's been pretty consistent. It's a, it's a, like you, that you say, it's a, the same playing field. Uh, everybody has the same pool, pool of money. And you spend that money how you want to spend it. You know, everybody had different philosophies on teams spend the entire pool in one player or two players. Some other teams like to spread that money around and get more talent, you know, uh, with 10 signings, maybe 20 signings. So everybody ha- handles that differently. Do you, do you have a game plan going in or can it be altered in that, you know, you may say, hey, well, I'd like to sign, I'll pick a number, 12, 12 guys. But then you see a guy and you really feel like it's going to cost a lot of money, but it will be worth it. Correct. That, that's the way to look at it. I, I believe that you can have a plan that you want to sign a number of players, but if you're working and you see a player that you think is worth uh, that money and it's going to be impact, so you're looking for impact, then you got to make a decision you want to sign in and spend the money on that player. These are exciting times right now because, again, you and I were talking the other day. Down in the DSL, in the Dominican Summer League, uh, there's 46 teams. And the Rockies have two entries, and they are legitimately two of the very, very best teams in all of the Dominican right now. What can you tell us about what you like about uh, a number of those guys and what's getting you excited about when it's time for some of those guys to to come over to the United States? Yeah, You know, when you have 46 teams and you have two of your clubs in first place and leading the league in hitting both clubs, and in pitching, ERA, uh, less walks, you, you have to be excited. Uh, I think the staff is doing a very good job uh, pounding the fundamental on, you know, leading those leagues in less walks and, and uh, of, uh, you know, in the pitching side and being aggressive with the fastball, and, uh, and they're doing that. Uh, the stats show that. And offensively, you know, we are trying to stay very fundamentally sound and using the middle of the field. You know, no swing and misses, no striking out, and they, they're doing that. But you have to, have to have some talent, you know, also to be able to do that. Both teams are young, and, and I'm excited about the arms that we have, uh, the projection on the bodies, on the position players, and I think we have some impact coming. You told me that uh, there's a couple of arms that get you as excited, if not more so, than for longtime Rocky fans. And I remember when Baldo Jimenez uh, was coming up, and um, you had there were there were a couple of Frank. Uh, obviously, Frankie was around that time as well. Um, that you know we heard about them for a couple of years before they arrived. Right. Frankie Morales, uh, for people who are not. Yeah. using short names here but you have some guys down there you're really really intrigued by correct you know when we look at Rockies pitchers you know that those are the names that come to mind even Chasin uh, as a young guy so you look, think of Valo Jimenez Franklin Morales Chasin and we have a group of young 17 years old 17 year old kids that have more talent than those guys and I can count five of them that at 17 they, they have uh, power arms they throw strikes. Uh, they use. Uh, they have a few for the speed pitches, and they have a lot of body projection. So I'm very excited about that group. Yeah. How about some of the young guys? Um, 
bat-wise down there? Are there are there some guys that you think will, when they eventually grow up, will be able to impact the baseball? Uh, and when I say impact the baseball, the game, as you know, is trended to hitting the ball over the wall with, with consistency. Um, are, are there some guys down there you think project in that direction? Yeah, we have a young kid, uh, uh, an outfielder, left-handed hitter, a Cuban player, 6'2", 200 pounds, Yankeel Fernandez. Uh, he's sitting 340. He's got four home runs. Um, uh, I, I think he's got a chance to impact the game at this level in the future. Also, we have a third baseman, Garcia, who's 6'2", 205 pounds, also can impact the player, the, the baseball, and I think he's going to impact the game in the future as well. Quick timeout and then more with Rolando Fernandez, Vice President of International Scouting and Development for the Rockies. But now this for my friends at Ideal Home Loans. Listen, we all are about saving money, right? And you don't know if you're saving enough money unless you pick up the phone and give them a call at 303-867-7000. You may be able to get a lower interest rate. You may be able to refinance or be put in a different product that ultimately saves you money. The only way is to do a quick fact-finding mission and give Ideal Home Loans, Brent Ivinson's team a call, 303-867-7000. You may be trying to figure out how you can redo the master bedroom or the kitchen. You need to find sources of money. Give them a shout, and they have a a creative way of uh, helping you out. And they've done it for so many people, me included, on a number of occasions. So give their great team a call. It's Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000. 303-867-7000. It never hurts to have a second opinion. I think it's safe to say divorce is not fun. Difficult time, emotional time, uncertain time. Been there. You need guidance, you need counsel, you need accurate information and great professionalism and understanding. And you'll find it without question at one of the top family law firms in the region in Cox, Baker and Page. That's Cox, Baker and Page. They've been recognized in a number of publications for their excellent work in the area of family law. They're compassionate and thorough in guiding you through a tumultuous period. Their work has been routinely recognized for its excellence. U.S. News and World Report, for instance, consistently award Laura Page and Mary Cox best lawyer distinctions. If you or someone you know is looking for counsel, reach them at coxbakerandpage.com. That's coxbakerandpage.com. Mention you heard it from me and receive a discount on your initial consultation. Now more with Rolando Fernandez. I was fortunate enough to be at the old facility that that you ran uh, down in Boca Chica, just outside of Santo Domingo, and you guys upgraded, and and Dick Modford upgraded considerably a handful of years ago. I I tell people that it's it's like the Taj Mahal uh, of baseball facilities down there. But one of the important components is you feed these guys really well, and then they're in the weight room. So the skinny 16-year-old kid that may show up with a skill set at 150 pounds, Part of the maturation process is getting them big and strong. Correct, correct. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, we have a very nice facility, um, and also we we are always trying to improve the process. And I think we have all the the tools that we need to make that happen. Uh, you know, we had the programs to make that happen, and we had the staff to make that happen. So we're we're set up. We're set up to to develop these young kids. Uh, and at the, at the end of the day, you know, they come to the States and we continue that process. Yeah. 
Who gets you excited about some of the guys in uh, in the lower minor leagues right now, low A ball, high A ball, that uh, people may not be as familiar with? Um, Tawar, who is a shortstop out of Venezuela, uh, just turned 20 years old. Uh, he's a solid defender. And uh, at a young age, he's a, you know, a lot of instincts and knowledge of the game. Uh, I think he, he, we're going to see him at some point here in the future. And uh, also we have Bernabel, who is a third baseman that uh, – you know, he's, he's going to hit for average and power. One of the things that you do down in the Dominican, which I think is smart, it, it makes use of not only your facility down there, but it allows for kids who grew up in the States to go down there and experience a different culture, a different way of life. And so part of what the Rockies do is, is you bring some kids down that you know may have grown up in Georgia, and they'll spend some time down in the winter uh, at your facility. Tell us about that. All right. Uh, we had guys like McMahon, uh, Nunez, uh, David Dahl that were part of that program during instructional league. So they went down and they were part of the program just like any other Latin player. So it's great because not only they they understand and they, they're going to play with Latin players as well. So I think that experience helped them to, to eventually, you know, when they're playing together, create that chemistry and, and really, you know, understand where those guys are coming from and help each other. Yeah. Do you guys call you a little bit when they first get to the States? Because a lot of times they're in a smaller town and they're, they're a long way from mom and dad and, and the food's different and it, culturally it's different. The language obviously is different. Does your phone ring quite a bit? Correct, correct. Uh, you know, even for myself, back in the days, you know, when I came to college in the States with a scholarship, I didn't speak English. Everything was different. So those guys go through the same process. And uh, that you never know exactly how that player is going to react when they come to the States. So it could be the food. It, it could be, usually it's the language, number one. And then the, the environment. Uh, adjusting to, to that is probably the, the number one challenge. Uh, but there's always something that, that is a challenge for them. But I think at the same time, it makes them stronger. Once they earn that process and they learn about the things that they need, they need to adjust, and they, once they make that, that adjustment, the adjustments, they get stronger. So, um, yeah, the phone rings. But also we got a, a group of coaches in all levels that, that help, and they are part of that process. So we got a good uh, group of coaches in the lower levels, Latin guys that, that also help in that process. One of the things, you wear a lot of hats, and one of the things that you do, I mean, obviously you're in the States right now, is you're going to travel around and you, you'll see some of those younger guys. And, and I know you know the North American guys also. And uh, that's got to be neat for you to, you know, after, after they graduate, if you will, from the facility in Boca Chica to go check on them the next year and the year after. Right. That, that is good for me also. Um, that helps me make decisions too because I see the guys that just get drafted. I see our Latin guys. I see who is moving, who is considered a prospect, who is doing well. And when I go back to sign players or look for talent, I know what we have. And it helps me make decisions. But also it helps me make decisions when we're sending guys from the DSL to, to the States. So, you know, it helps me in many ways, but I also can help those guys. I want to ask you about a guy that I, I know you you liked a lot and it didn't work out initially in round two and most importantly round two is now the big leagues it's worked out beautifully and that's Herman Marcus because Herman was a guy that I, I'll let you tell a story but he was around Senzatella's time 
and he ends up signing with Tampa. Obviously, you, you signed Senzatella. Take us through that story. Yeah, um, we like both of them, and it's a free agent market, as we, we, we talked about. And at the time, I only had money to sign one of them. So we decided to sign Sensatella. And Sensatella, and, I mean, uh, Marcus ended up signing with, uh, with Tampa. And, you know, it's amazing that now they're pitching together. But you know what? It is, it, it, when you go back in time and you look at both of them, they both had talent. And, and they both were good athletes. And also, when you look at them, they were throwing at that time anywhere from 85 to 89. That's all they threw. So to see them develop, mature, and as we talked before, look at a 15, 16-year-old body, and now look at Marquez at 6'3", uh, bigger and stronger, and Sensatella was about 5'11", now he's 6'1", bigger and stronger. Uh, it, it's fun to watch. Yeah, I bet. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about because things have changed over the years, and because of political unrest in Venezuela, how do you scout over there from a safety standpoint, and, and how do you find kids in, in a country that has produced so many great players? Right. So we do, you know, we do have scouts in Venezuela. That's a, that not changed, even with all the situation, political situation. So we have four scouts that live in Venezuela. So they scout, and then we take those players that they like, and they are in the depth charts and the prep list, and they take them to Colombia. So we go to Colombia and we evaluate them in games. We create games and we evaluate them with games. Now, that's how we do it. But the agents and MLB is doing the same thing. They are doing events and tournaments in Colombia. And also they're taking the Venezuelan players to Dominican Republic. So usually we're scouting them outside of Venezuela. Um, then COVID also didn't help much. But now there's some clubs that are starting to go back into Venezuela, but the risk is high, so we, we are going to continue to operate scouting the players in Venezuela, allowing our scouts to do their job and take them out to Colombia or to Dominican, and we make those decisions over there. How has it changed with uh, young players from Cuba? Well, with, with, with Cuban players, we usually see them once they are playing with the national team in on the, for, on the 15 tournaments, on the 18 tournaments, usually we take that first look there. And that's where we like to see them. But if they're not making that club, they defect. And they usually, they usually defect through Haiti, and they show up in Dominican. And you evaluated them there. I see. I see. And then I'm always curious, uh, you know, we'll see a kid out here with Atlanta, Ozzy Albies, Curacao, you know, there's like 45 people in Curacao and 20 of them are great baseball players. I'm exaggerating uh, just slightly. But, I mean, you got to run around a lot of different places. Correct. You know, and, and, you know, interesting enough, he's from Curacao. A lot of people went and scouted him there. But where we signed, he signed was uh, MLB did a tournament in Dominican Republic. And they took a bunch of players. And he was one of those players. And I remember him uh, uh, in that tournament. And he was, you know, he did a good job. Um, at the time, you know, you know, he's, he's a short kid and uh, he was weaker, but he was explosive, you know, and he was uh, he had a quick twitch. But he, he did a good job in that tournament. He ended up signing out of that tournament. All right, I'll, I'll let you go on this one, because speaking of, you know, me, because my stature, I'm uh, I'm partial to guys like Ozzy Albies and uh, Jose Altuve. Didn't Altuve have to beg somebody to sign him? 
Well, you know, you hear different stories. You hear that one. Uh, I think everybody scouted him, you know, and, and yeah, probably, you know, somebody took a chance on him. Uh, he had ability, but, you know, it's amazing what he can do, you know, uh, in the game, especially with the size that he's got. So, yeah, we were, you and I were talking about that yesterday. That's right. I told you I can post both of those guys up if we play hoop, man. <laughs> so there you go. Hey, Ro, it's, it's great to see you. Safe travels and, uh, and, and happy hunting with Prospect. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. A couple more notes about Rolando, and, and I've been down to our original complex in Boca Chica, which is outside of Santo Domingo, and Dick Monfort invested heavily in the Rockies development program a few years ago and built just a gorgeous state-of-the-art facility, which is immaculate. I was down there with... Um, uh, my middle son Zach's college baseball team because they played a number of teams down there in Dominican uh, two falls ago and, and played uh, the Rockies uh, young uh, young players a, a couple of ball games that complex I mean is just I mean it's perfection they they did such a great job and, and Rolando um, runs that thing so well and, and he is all over the world. Uh, scouting and, and trying to sign players. He was original player. You know, he's from Puerto Rico. Rolando went to school at Northwestern State University in Louisiana. He was drafted out of there by the Cubs, uh, was in their organization for a few years before he transitioned to coaching and ultimately uh, to scouting and development. Good man, talented, and widely respected throughout the industry. So big thanks to Rolando for uh, for jumping on. Hope you enjoyed that. Let me transition uh, right now quickly to, uh, to football before we get on out of here. Uh, the Broncos are where they should be. They're 2-0 uh, as we tape this. They beat two um, poor teams. The Giants are not very good. We talked about that last week, much to my chagrin, because I'm uh, a dyed-in-the-wool Giant fan. Uh, Jacksonville is horrible. Um, they have Trevor Lawrence, and they're, you know, they have a long way to go. But the thing that you take away from those first two ball games for the Broncos: number one, they won, and they ultimately won comfortably by double digits. And Teddy Bridgewater has been outstanding. Not just a game manager; he's thrown the ball down the field. Um, if a play is not there, he's used his legs fine. Um, he has the second highest QB rating in football, QBR. He's got four touchdowns, no interceptions, so don't turn the ball over. He's completing 77% of his passes. Uh, so a big tip of the cap so far to Teddy Bridgewater, and guys are jumping on board. They believe in him. And even though I put my cards with Drew Locke, I think Vic Fangio made the right move. And I said this uh, right prior to the start of the season. Vic Fangio made the right move for his own job security because he needs to have a pretty good year. One other note about, and this isn't just about the Broncos, this is about the NFL. They're now playing 17 games. We often talk in baseball about the season being a marathon, which it is. You're playing 162. I don't care if you're the Dodgers. You're going to have a bad stretch. You're going to have the week where you lose, you know, five out of six. You're going to have, you know, a period of time where, you know, you're, you're kind of sloppy. 
that's the nature of playing the volume of games that you have in baseball. Now, football, I've always said, in, ba- in basketball, hockey, and baseball, there, there are games, 162 in baseball, 82 in hockey, 82 in the NBA. Football is a series of events, and you only play a handful of them, relatively speaking, so they're all uh, of enormous importance. You know, one loss in football is big. One loss in baseball, I mean, you know you're going to lose. Every team in baseball knows they're going to probably lose 60 games, barring the, you know, you know, the really great teams. It's a lot of losing, right? But in football, each one is compounded by the scarcity of games. But now with 17 in the NFL, guess what? It's not, it's not a marathon. It's, it's not a, an Ironman triathlon. But it may be like an Olympic distance triathlon, which means there are going to be some stumbles. There's going to be you know an extra week where there's an extra opportunity for guys to get hurt. There's going to be weeks where you just fall flat and play flat for every team. So you can't make sweeping determinations if your team plays a bad game or even a couple of bad games when you're playing 17. It's a lot of football. So just keep that in mind as you watch the season unfold. But again, the, the Broncos are where they should be. They are 2-0, and and they had obviously a very winnable game uh, this week against the, uh, as Dan Jenkins used to call them, Great rider, late rider. Used to call them the dog ass Jets. Well, they're still the dog ass Jets. So the Broncos should be three and zero after three weeks, and then Baltimore comes to town, and that's going to be a you know a fascinating one as well. Uh, very quickly, uh, Colorado State shocked uh, folks in Fort Collins. They went to Toledo, won a football game without an offensive touchdown, twenty two to six. Played really good defense against a Toledo team that woulda, coulda, shoulda beat Notre Dame the previous week. Um, so, so good for the folks in Fort Collins uh, for one week. We'll see how that uh, keeps going uh, moving forward. For the University of Colorado, one touchdown in the last two weeks offensively, and you lose at home 30 to nothing to Minnesota. That cannot happen. You know, last week, my conversation about Colorado, I, w- I was you know, praising Carl Durrell because he wasn't going to... Uh, you know, pat anyone within the program on the back for a moral victory in losing 10 to 7 to number five Texas A&M. Well, this week they've re- they've recruited you know fairly well by all accounts. You that that can't happen, man. Not scoring, losing 30 to nothing in front of a great crowd on a beautiful day in Boulder. That that was disturbing. That was that was. That was a bummer. So again, we'll see uh, where Colorado goes uh, moving forward from uh, a very, very disappointing week. All right, that uh, will do it for this edition of the Drew Goodman Podcast. As I always tell you, a reminder to join my friends uh, Drew Creaseman and Patrick Lyons on the DNBR Rockies Daily Podcast. Always enjoy uh, jumping on with them, and they cover the Rockies uh uh, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season and then throughout the off season and they cover the sport in its entirety 
uh, on a day-to-day basis. Those are the DNBR guys. So download uh, their podcasts, all their podcasts. They cover the Broncos exceptionally well and, and the colleges in this area and the uh, Nuggets and Avalanche uh, also. All right, we'll have some fun next week. Some more special guests uh, coming your way. Uh, it's Larry Walker weekend. They're retiring his number, so we're going to have uh, a lot of things in store for you on this podcast uh, in the next couple. Enjoy, stay well, talk to you soon.